Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to another edition in the family of podcasts from behind the still curtain. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and you have stumbled upon Pittsburgh Steelers fact or fiction. Fact, the Pittsburgh Steelers do not have a game in week four due to COVID-19 and the Tennessee Titans having 18 staffers and players testing positive for the virus. You know, this is a big deal. Um, We do pray for those players and those staffers. Hope they get well soon. The NFL is now investigating Tennessee to see if there's any negligence involving of the outbreak. And so that's something that they're going to be looking at. But here, let's just look at it this way. The Steelers are now going to be playing in week seven now. Their bye week is now. It's an impromptu bye week. But fact, these players couldn't go home and go anywhere. They couldn't go on vacation with their families during that bye week because they have to test every day. So this is a new world we find us in in 2020. Fiction. The Steelers are going to be at a disadvantage because of having to play all of those games in a row. They're going to have to play 13 games in a row. Go back to 2001 with the Pittsburgh Steelers when, unfortunately, the Steelers and the nation could not play at all in week two because of the tragedies of September 11th. You remember that from 18 years ago? Well, there was something else going on as well as that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's only 31 teams at the time. Uh, Two years removed from the Cleveland Browns becoming team number 31 and one year away from the Houston Texans becoming team number 32. So they played week one, September 9th. It was a loss in Jacksonville. The Steelers did not play their second game of 2001 until, get this, September 30th. It was basically a three-week bye for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But with the, the bye week just coming that next week, they had a lot of time. Did they suffer from it? Absolutely not. That Steeler team, led by Cordell Stewart, Jerome Bettis, and a suffocating defense, they went 13-3 and that year. Think about this. They lost the first game of the season. So they ended up playing 17 straight games to end that season by the time they were done. And they had a fantastic year. So a lot of people that are saying right now that the Steelers are going to suffer because of having to you know, play 13 games in a row now, nah, that's, that's not a problem. These players don't worry about that whatsoever. So what we are looking at is fact or fiction. This was the first podcast I ever did for Behind the Still Curtain. Way back in 2016, Zach Parnes and myself would do fact or fiction every week. And it was, like I said, it was my first ever BTSC podcast, really my first ever podcast. We did that on Blog Talk Radio back then. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I have evolved uh, ever since into the podcaster that I am now. So it's a complete different story. There's always going to be something to talk about with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And to quote my good friend, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Now, look, we were never friends. I never met Rowdy Roddy Piper. But I like to think that if we had met each other, then we would have been good buddies. So I'm going to call him my good friend. And we quote him every week, Tony Defio and I do, on the Steelers hangover and the Steelers question and answer. Rowdy Roddy Piper used to say, just when you think you got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. When it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's always going to be questions. There's always going to be different answers. And there's always going to be wonderings. And that's what factor fiction is all about. So I'm going to take a five pack of questions. And we're going to go ahead and talk about that now. 
to see whether I deem them as fact or fiction. And that's something that you could agree with or disagree with, whatever you may choose. Fact or fiction number one. With Derek Watt out two to three weeks, the Steelers are likely to bring back Roosevelt Nix. Roosevelt Nix was a great player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a Pro Bowl fullback in 2018. Fan favorite as well. But when he went down for most of last season, the running game really suffered. He was not healthy. The team ended up cutting him in the offseason, and he signed on with the Indianapolis Colts. However, Rosie did not make Frank Reich's 53-man roster. One of the reasons being is because Indy was more of a one-back offense, not a two-back offense, and they really couldn't find room for him. Frank Reich was quoted as saying that, you know, we think Rosie's a great player. We would have loved to keep him. So when Derek Watt went down last week against the Houston Texans and was deemed to be out two to three weeks, Rosie Nix was on the radar of a lot of fans saying, hey, they should bring back Rosie Nix. Look, I don't think this is going to happen. So I'm going to say fiction to this. And the reason I'm going to say fiction, if it was a season-ending injury, that would be more likely. So if Watt was going to be down for the rest of the year, they might have went and explored that. But they have Trey Edmonds on the practice squad. Trey Edmonds has done a lot as far as uh, practicing at fullback, playing at fullback. He did it quite a bit when Rosie went down in 2019. So that's probably the direction that they're going to go in right now. They know that Derek Watt is going to be back. They said two to three weeks. And with the Titans game being down, that's one less game that Derek Watt's going to miss as well. Right now, I'm going to say fiction. Would love to see Rosie next back in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform, but that just does not seem to be likely at this time. Fact or fiction, the wide receiver position is the deepest that the Steelers have had in years. Look here, the wide receiving quartet of Juju Smith-Schuster Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and James Washington is so deep, they didn't miss a beat when Deontay Johnson suffered a concussion in the first half of week three against the Houston Texans. But they weren't worried about the wide receiver core and the other pass catchers, as well as the tight ends. You've got Vance McDonald, you've got Eric Ebron in there. Eric Ebron really came alive in that game, and Vance had two key catches as well. You also saw Ray Ray McLeod get some snaps, and it was interesting because Ray Ray got those snaps even before Deontay Johnson went down with that concussion. While Ike Hilliard's unit needs to have all of their men healthy, the others are really good at stepping up in any of their absence. You know, the 2010 team had Heinz Ward, Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Antoine Randall-L, and Antonio Brown at times was their fifth receiver, if you could believe that. He was a rookie. But that's how deep they were. Other units boasted guys like Jericho Cotri, Martavis Bryant, Marcus Wheaton, even Darius Hayward Bay in the last few years. But I think this is going to be a lineup of wide receivers that really going to rival any of those groups. They might not be number one. That first group that I mentioned that went to the Super Bowl in 2010 might be number one right now. But this is still a very good group. It could be argued that there are deeper units out there. But the Steelers are unselfish and strong here, and that's what those other teams didn't really have. You had unselfish guys like Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall, but then you had guys like Manny Sanders, the Young Money crew, Manny Sanders, Antonio Brown, and Mike Wallace. So I'm really happy with this quartet of wide receivers, and even the addition at number five of Ray Ray McLeod. This is why I'm happy with this group. Because when your leading receiver has under 50 yards on the day and they win, there's no threat to a Gatorade cooler. 
There is no boycotting of practice the next day. Hint, hint, I'm talking to you, Mr. Brown. So look, there's no egos on this team. They are here for one stat and one stat only, and that is the W. And with this quartet, there's going to be plenty of W's when you're playing unselfish. Fact or fiction? Speaking of McLeod, the speedster will break off a kick return for a touchdown in 2020. Friends, I'm saying it right here. Ray Ray McLeod is electric. Now, I know that he was on two other teams in his young NFL career. I know he was a member of the Carolina Panthers, a member of the Buffalo Bills. The rap on McLeod has never been his speed, but it's been his ball handling skills. You know, that's going to be a, a concern with a lot of speedsters. But here's the thing. With Ray Ray McLeod, he's a threat to go the distance every time he touches the ball. It really seems inevitable that number 14 is going to go all the way on one of these kickoffs. Currently, McLeod is tied for fourth in the league with a 28.8 average per return. I can't remember the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers were even in the top 10 on return average as far as kick returns. Uh, a lot lately when, when uh, Ryan Switzer was there, you had a situation where he was a very shorthanded guy, but he wasn't going to get a lot of yards as far as that goes. Marcus Wheaton as well. Many, included myself, think that it's only a matter of time that Ray Ray is going to reach the end zone. You throw in the fact that Ray Ray is also very good at filling in at punt returner when Deontay Johnson went down. You've got an electric group. You've got Deontay Johnson and Ray Ray McLeod back there on special teams. Somebody's going to break one. We saw Johnson do it last year. I think McLeod's going to do it this year. You might have both of them do it this year. But it's really encouraging to know that the kick return is back in the Steel City. Fact or fiction? The Steelers will break the true all-time consecutive sack streak this season. Okay, look, here's the deal. The reason I say true all-time consecutive sack streak, because we didn't start talking about sacks officially as a stat since 1982. So when you look at the Steelers' all-time list, it's true. The all-time leader, James Harrison. He's got 80.5. Now, number two is Jason Gilded. That is true as well. But for the longest time, the unofficial sack leader for the Pittsburgh Steelers was who is at number three, and that's L.C. Greenwood. The reason he is the unofficial leader is because he retired in 1981. They didn't start counting sacks until 1982 as an official stat. So what you're looking at here for him, he has compiled that number of stats, and it's an unofficial number, but it's one that they are uh, the NFL is holding true to. So if you look at the number of sacks that is the record, that is held by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They recorded 69 sacks, excuse me, 69 straight games of sacks. But BTSC statologist Dave Schofield took a look at this, and he is reporting that the Detroit Lions are actually the true sack streak leaders. 76 straight contest from 1960 to 1965. Look, the Steelers right now are at 61 games. While they have the defensive firepower, they're likely to surpass the Buccaneers this year. For the official mark, they would have to go through full season, basically, 16 more games to have the record on their own. I think they could seize that mark in 2021. 
but I think they're going to have the official record in 2020. But you know this Pittsburgh Steelers team is more than capable of getting that record. And they're also more than capable of getting the unofficial record as well, which is a feather in their cap. And you know they would love, 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 love to do it. So I'm going to say fiction on that. But in the future, it could be a fact. Fact or fiction. The Steelers are now employing a running game by committee. I've got to say a big fiction on that. Make no mistake, James Conner remains the bell cow of Mike Tomlin's rushing attack. Connor led the team with 18 carries in week three, but Benny Snow Jr. with seven and Anthony McFarland with six. They were called upon to chip in more and more. So Tomlin has a reputation of running the wheels off, guys. We saw it with Willie Parker, D'Angelo Williams, Rashad Mendenhall, Le'Veon Bell, and we've seen it with Connor as well. But if Sunday against the Houston Texans are any indication, the division of labor will increase for the backups. Look, these guys are capable of running the ball and running the ball well. When Connor went down early against the New York Giants, Benny Snell Jr. came in, and a lot of people, me included, were calling for him to be the Snell cow, to be the number one back in Pittsburgh. I have since retracted that statement because I really think James Connor needs to be that guy, and I think he is the guy. But you don't have to run the wheels off this guy. You just don't. Look. It's never going to be a true running back by committee for this team. But if you can get these guys some more rushes and still have Connor have a considerable amount of the carries, that's fantastic. That's going to give him a break. That's going to keep him more fresh. And you saw what happened the last couple of weeks with James Connor. He was able to run out the clock with his legs. He could have had two more touchdowns. He could have had more yards. He didn't need them. The Steelers are the only team to have 100-yard rushers three weeks in a row in this early season. So that's fantastic as well. The running game is definitely back in Pittsburgh as well. So look at them to get more carries, but it's never going to be a true running back by committee. And it doesn't need to be as long as Connor remains healthy. So once again, that's a big fiction. Are these statements valid? We'll soon see. You let us know what you think. I'm not endorsing all five of these scenarios. I'm just saying this is what my black and gold brain is thinking. So thanks for hanging out with me on this special edition. In the bye week, we got to have something to talk about. And remember, just when you've got all the answers or you think you've got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and this has been Fact or Fiction on the Pittsburgh Steelers BTSC Family of Podcasts.